Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk coming at you again with a Celtics recap. Okay, so after game one, we got the victory. We knew that. I told you, though, don't overreact. I said LeBron would most likely come out strong. We would have to take a little bit of a beating. We're going to have to keep going, weather the storm for a while. The Celtics weather the storm. They end up taking game two. And I'm going to go through a couple of notes that I put in for the game. I'm going to start it off with LeBron James because why wouldn't I? Everybody's all about LeBron James. Uh, LeBron was um, out of his mind in the first quarter. He hit 8 of 13 shots, including 4 of 7 behind the arc. But the Celtics didn't overreact. They didn't change their defensive plan. They weathered the storm. The Celtics were contesting shots. James was hitting some ridiculous ones. There was nothing they could do. But he was contested on 28 of 29 shot attempts. And that is how you beat Cleveland. Everybody else on that team is a bum. So if you just keep rotating, keep rotating, keep rotating, and you just keep on him, that's the only way to beat him. Um, That was the first half, though, that he was out of his mind. For the rest of the game, second half... Uh, he was more human. 8 of 16, 1 of 4 from 3. So, I mean, LeBron's the only one out there for the Cavs really trying at this point. Or, I mean, putting the whole effort in. So it's hard to completely, I hate him, but it's hard to completely shit on him. He, he's the only one of them trying to get it going. Uh, to note for the Celtics, uh, despite holding Cleveland to just 39 second half points the Celtics played far from perfect on D okay especially when it came to guarding the only other two bums that are actually trying to do something which is Kevin Love and Kyle Korver uh, in the screen game the Cavs broke this action out late in the first round series against the Indiana Pacers it created a little bit of havoc for them Uh, in game one Boston saw it coming shut it down for whatever reason they overreacted in game two And regularly, they were getting caught in no man's land. It allowed the freaking idiots, Love and Corver, to combine for 13 of 26 shooting and four three-pointers. So, in the next game, which you know they're going to be fired up for game three. You know they're at home. All those idiots, J.R. Smiths of the world, the Kyle Corvers, they're probably going to hit shots that they were missing in Boston because they were clinching up a little too tight because they can't do it on the road. But at home, they'll have the crowd. They're probably going to hit some of those shots. So we're just going to have to be tougher defensively. And uh, speaking of tougher defensively, third note, Marcus Smart is absolutely the heart of this team. He makes plays that turn the game in our favor. He made two huge steals in game two. And it tilted the court. It tilted the court. Like, it was unbelievable. Every now and again, Smart is going to make some stupid decisions. He is going to take some bad shots, make some bad passes. You live with those plays. Because you know when you need it defensively, he is going to make a play and turn the tide. And that's exactly what he did. Marcus Smart. Fucking nailing it, crushing it. Now, we had talked about the Cavs maybe throwing Tristan Thompson into the starting rotation to help the offensive and defensive rebounding. And, well, Cleveland, that's what they did. They put in Tristan Thompson as a starter. They put Corver on the bench. Stevens stuck with what worked in game one, okay? Despite some early issues on the boards, Boston bounced back. 
They out-rebounded the Cavs 46-45 overall. 11-8 of on the offensive glass. It was a team effort. I mean, Al Horford had 10 rebounds, but the other six Celtics had between 4 and 6 rebounds. It's going to be a war in the trenches against the Cavs. If we can keep having LeBron, in a sense, taking jump shots, you know in Game 3 he won't, though. You know in Game 3 he's going to drive to the basket, drive to the basket, drive to the basket. The key to the Celtics is you cannot give up the freaking rebound. If they miss a shot, one of those idiots misses a shot, that needs to be the end of that possession. They cannot be having Tristan Thompson down there, putting him back up and getting second chance points. We cannot allow second chance points. Next note, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has embraced pushing the ball to get early offense, and that is Massive. Brown reads that there is no rim protector in the back, and he immediately makes up his mind that he's going to go. Despite improvements, the Celtics can still struggle to create offense at times without Kyrie. Because we all know when Kyrie was in there, we were well on the machine getting it going. Stealing early offense like this, what Jalen Brown is doing, it helps them a ton. My grandmother, Situ, always says, be aggressive. Take it to the paint and score. And boy, was she pleased to see Brown taking her advice. Look for Jalen to keep this fast pace for the rest of the series. Because, man, every time LeBron was getting a point or the Cavs would score, sometimes Jalen would just take the ball and just fucking fly like a damn gazelle right down the freaking hole. And he would just lay it up. He was just because they're lazy on D. The Cavs haven't played defense all year. They're not going to start now. So keep taking it to the hole, and keep doing that. That is how you do it. And going along with the above theme of struggling to create offense, two things Boston is going to do now is they're going to relentlessly hunt mismatches. And the other thing they're going to do is they're going to ride the hot hand. I don't know if you watched game two, but if you saw in the second quarter, Jason Tatum was the guy. He scored nine of his 11 total consecutive points Most of these came when he had Thompson on him. He went to work off the dribble, dude. He hit all the jumpers. All it was it was a beauty to watch, man. He is just backing this guy down and then he's just fucking dribbling it out and taking his shot when he wanted to, bleeding the clock. He was fucking on point. It was fantastic. Now, in the third quarter, Terry Rozier took over as he scored 14 of his 18 points. Rozier got a lot of buckets after Cleveland switched with the bigger players on him. With limited creators, the Celtics have to be creative as a team. And Stevens, he needs to take that mismatch and he needs to bleed it out until he runs it dry. That's just what he has to do. That's the key. That is a key to success. And the last thing on my list that I'm going to say is that Brad Stevens hinted that he could change the lineup. Why would you change the lineup? You know, we're 2-0. and But I kind of get where his head's at. Tatum, though he's been fantastic, has been struggling to get it going early in games. Stevens could put him on the bench, let LeBron tire himself out, and then take advantage with him carrying out a second unit that could smack the shit out of them. So I kind of, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but I, I'm kind of into it, dude. I think it's a good idea if you really think about it. You let if you can just keep yourself somewhere within 10 points, 
in the ballpark, put Tatum on the court, he can just destroy everybody. And lastly, Game 3 is going to be a rough one. All right, let's just call it for what it is. LeBron is going to get all the calls. Those dopes love Corver and Smith. They're going to get it going at home. I don't see the Celtics winning Game 3, but I also didn't see them winning Game 3 against Philly. One thing that I've learned this year is that you cannot count out the Celtics. So let's hope to take one, at least one of these, Game 3 or Game 4, let's hope to take one of those games on the road and then close the series out at home. Hopefully we can make that happen. Okay, so I am still very upset about the Bruins losing to Tampa. Playoff hockey is the best, and to not have it in my life is really killing me. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Celtics are great. I'm loving watching them, but there's nothing better, as I said before. This is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but the only way that that's true is if the Celtics and Bruins are right next to each other going hand in hand and it really should have happened that way this year and it sucks that it didn't but I will say it is starting to make more sense to me why we were eliminated after reading some of the injury reports that have been coming out after the season okay I'm going to go through just a couple of things Zayo Chara he suffered a fractured right index finger in game 2 against Toronto um He played the last eight weeks with an unspecified shoulder injury that they're saying could require surgery. It it could be almost time for Char to just let it go. I mean, I love him. He's the captain. He's the man. And as much as people give him shit, I still think he he can play at at... Not he can't play at an elite level, but he can play the game just fine. You know, he gets, like, left out to dry, hung out to dry because he's always going against first-line talent. And he's fucking, he's a goddamn giraffe on skates, and he's doing the best that he can. You know, you put him against a third line, he'd do a hell of a lot better. You put him in a penalty kill, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I hope Charo's all right. Sucks that he was so hurt. But he wasn't the only one. Brad Marchand played the last four games with a severe groin injury. From what they're saying, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's why I was looking at everybody. I don't know. Troy Krug fractures left ankle. He's going to be in a walking boot for the next couple of months. That fucking sucks. Troy Krug is the man. It was so horrible to see that hit. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, monster, future, played an entire playoffs with a sprained AC joint in his shoulder, and he's hoping to avoid surgery. I really hope he does avoid surgery. That dude laid it on the line in this playoffs. He was my favorite player that played in this playoffs so far. I love Jake DeBrusque. He's got a bright future. Tukarask apparently had a nasty uh, bursa sack on his left ankle. Said it was the size of two golf balls during the playoffs. Most likely, though, that was just his balls falling deep, deep, deep down into himself because he was blowing it once again. Sorry, Rask, it's the truth. David Backus, he had a concussion as a result of the hit by JT Miller. Everybody saw that. That fucking sucks. He says he's not feeling really good at the moment, and he hopes it clears up sometime during the summer. That that fucking sucks, because David Backus is getting me so upset. <laughs> I miss the Bruins so much. Riley Nash also had a concussion and stitches following the shot that he 
the he got a hit in the head by a puck, took a shot to the face. Uh, he also had a hip injury, which he hopes he can avoid surgery for. Patrice Bergeron, lingering groin injury throughout the season, may require surgery if it doesn't get better. He also dealt with concussion-like symptoms and a nasty cold during the Leafs series, which forced him to miss a game. It sucks, man. I mean, Bergeron's always tough. Shit. When we were going to the Cup, he broke his freaking rib. His rib was punctured, his lung, everything. He's he's a goddamn monster. And uh, Nolachari is going to have surgery for an injured groin. A lot of guys have an injured groins on the Bruins. Um, so let's just call a spade a spade. Tampa was relatively healthy and was good enough to get the job done. Uh, the Bruins just wasn't in the cards for this year. We have a bright future, very bright, ahead of us, and I'm excited to see what comes next. So, unfortunately, this is probably going to be one of the last things I'm going to be saying about the Bruins unless I get some good news or some trades or something. We're probably going to be switching it over to MMA and football soon because I am fired up about football. I made a bet that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win over eight games this year, which I think is an easy lock money bet. So tell me what you think. You think that's not a money bet? Huh? You want to bet with me? You think the Bengals can't get over eight wins? We can talk. (laughs) We can talk about it. So anyway, thank you for listening. Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk. You're the best.